Hello and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized informative podcast made to be listened to In the Shower, but really, you can listen to it anywhere. The whole point of this podcast is we take the mysteries of the world, those questions that you didn't even know you had, and we... And we debunk them in a bite-sized, informative way. So far, we've answered questions like... Why do we fall in love? Do plants have feelings? How can I bring the most happiness to the people around me? Who are better drivers, men or women? Is there a correct way to wipe your bum? And loads, loads more. I suppose you could say... We expand your mind while you wash your behind. And this week is no different, although it's a little bit late. Is it day late? But it won't happen again. Hopefully this hasn't affected your hygiene standings. People are (laughs) talking uh, talking around the water cooler at the office about how, how much you smell. <laughs> so, what's our question this week, Taz? This week's question came from our head stuff frontman, Paddy, who we thank at the end of every episode. And he asks, do mice actually like cheese? So as I said, this question came from our very own Paddy and its simplicity really intrigued me. Me too. Like, when you think of all the classic cat and mouse cartoons, like, it always has cheese and the mice. Like, the mice are always mad into their brie, into their <laughs> gruyere. You know, they're crawling all over a bit of gouda. You know, it's actually always Emmental. It's always cheese with holes in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the mice are mad. Like, Tom and Jerry. Jerry is mad for a block of cheese. And to be honest, you know what? I'm also mad for a block of cheese. I think I might have my mouse DNA because generally, like, I come in from a night out and just start <laughs> nibbling on a bit of Stilton or something. It's because cheese is absolutely delicious. Cheese has to be one of the most delicious things one can purchase. Again, I know, I, I know that we usually leave the facts until the end of the episode, but this one's too amazing. I have to, I have to stick it in at the beginning. Guess how many types of cheeses there are in the world? Okay, hang on, I'll, I'll name a few. We've got a um, cheddar, red Leicester, brie. How was Unless you're a second choice. I don't know. It just jumped into my head. <laughs> uh, Emmental, Gruyere. Um, You'll never. There's so many. Munster. Munster. The, there's a cheese called Munster. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop. Raclette. It. I'm going to stop. Oh, uh, Moliterna al okay, Tartufo. You're not, not going to guess how many. Why? I, I have to have gotten at least a third of the cheeses there. Okay. Well, first of all, I got this number from a website called www.cheese.com Sounds which, authoritative. Which is just the, yeah. the, the best thing ever. And, believe it or not, there are about 1,800 varieties of cheese. 1,800? Like 1,800? 1,800. What? Hang on, so are you telling me that I could eat a different type of cheese every day for about four years and still, still not... Still hit, not have hit. all the cheeses... Oh my goodness, I, I think I've just found my new four-year mission. <laughs> oh, what? I know, not does That is, Jesus Christ, that's a lot. Uh, uh. Ah, cheese pun one. <laughs> Let's go. So, okay, it's been established that we clearly like cheese, mm-hmm. um, but do mice also have excellent taste like us cheese connoisseurs? <laughs> okay, so as you said, cheese has long been associated with mice in cartoons and paintings and literature. The animals are often depicted sneaking into kitchens at night to grab crumbs of the food that they assume to be a tasty treat. And more often than not, it would be a cheese with holes in it. Research has shown that mice will eat pretty much anything that has minor nutritional value. So yes, mice will eat cheese, but what we're going to look at is if they actually prefer cheese to other foods. What if all mice are actually like Remy from Ratatouille? 
and they're connoisseurs and they all have like a really educated palace. It's such a, it's such a brilliant film. I love it. But like, do you reckon that a mouse's death row meal, like, you know, if it was walking towards the trap and it was said, you're allowed to have one last little nibble of something, Mr. Mouse, do you think it'd be cheese? Well, ironically enough, most people put cheese in mouse traps, meaning that it technically would be their death row meal. It would be the last thing that they nibbled on before. Oh my God, my mind is blocked. <laughs> that is grim. Oh, it's like death row meal by default. Okay. Wow. So, <laughs> okay. so a few experiments have been carried out to test this theory, whether mice would choose cheese over any other meal. BBC Two's Winter Watch devised a non-scientific test that appeared to back up the claim that mice will in fact go for pretty much any food. And in fact, cheese is often bottom of the list. Really? Mm-hmm. So the programme makers put out a plattering offering cheddar cheese, peanuts and grapes and recorded the food choices made by visiting wood mice. I like the, the words visiting wood mice. <laughs> kind of sounds like, you know, you get this tiny little knock on the door and you have to take out your tiny platter, a little bit of peanut butter and a grape and a piece of cheese for the visiting wood mice. It's like when, when your aunts visit at Christmas. It's like, hello. Sorry, aunties, if you're listening, I'm not, you're not wood mice. So... There are three different foods there. We've got the cheese, the peanuts, and the grapes. Honestly, that sounds like a fairly well thought out cheese board. <laughs> Doesn't it? Well, almost every time the mice went straight to the peanuts, a grape was eaten on one occasion, but the cheddar cheese was avoided. Do you know what kind of cheddar they were using? <laughs> like, because honestly, there's there's times that I'll avoid. Like, you know, I, I'll, I'd like a good, like, a Kilmeaden or a Dubliner, but like sometimes, you know, you get you get cheddar from like a large brand supermarket. It's just it doesn't doesn't cut the cheese. It's just not good enough. Anyway, like I'm just going off on my own little cheese rant. I'm thinking about cheese so much. Um, so they avoided the cheese. They did like they went for. I can't believe they picked a grape over. Like I can't even picture a, a wood mouse. A wood mouse is about the size of a grape. Okay, so... They actually avoided the cheese. They actually avoided the cheese. According to the team, peanuts' calorific content is about 50% greater than cheese, so the rodents may have been attracted to food that provides more energy. And the Winter Watch presenter, Chris Packham, said, These animals are making the right choice. They are what we call optimally foraging. And this is what we would expect them to do, particularly at this time of the year when foraging activity is absolutely crucial. So stealing our cheese is their last resort, Papa Roach style. <laughs> Genuinely. Another another study carried out by a Dr. David Holmes of Manchester Metropolitan University found again that mice don't like cheese at all. Well, this is... My whole life is a lie. I know. So you may have noticed from time to time that cheese has a rather pungent aroma. Pungently beautiful. Pungently beautiful. But mice notice this too, and their little noses are much more fine-tuned than ours. So if a rodent is hungry enough, it may nibble on the cheese, but the scent would not lure a mouse to a trap. And alarmingly, Dr. Holmes even said that mice would turn to humans and other animals as a food source over the dairy option. Holy shit, imagine being eaten alive by mice looking at a block of cheese across the room going, why didn't you eat the cheese? I think I think you'd be safe if anyone, like if they're thrown off with the pungent Oi. aroma of cheese, Oi. they wouldn't come near you. <laughs> That's not fair. So if mice don't like cheese, 
where did the rumours come from? Okay, so one theory is that back when people stored grains in jars and had meat salted and hanging high, the cheese, which has very few storage requirements, was the most accessible food in the house because it needed space to breathe. Discovering nibble marks on the cheddar could have led people to believe that, you know, it was a mouse's cuisine of choice. So it's not necessarily that mice liked cheese. It's just that it was the only thing that was accessible. Yeah, exactly. And it's... Obviously, on a cheese, you can you can see notable marks if a mouse was eating it. Mm. Whereas there's other things like grains where you wouldn't notice little tiny nibble marks yeah. as easily. Or little tiny mouse poops. Little tiny mouse poops. But uh, another theory that comes again from Dr. Holmes from Manchester Metropolitan University suggests that the myth may have arisen from some ancient legend as mice frequently popped up in various ancient mythologies. Any particular myths about the mice and the cheese? Right, so I did a lot of digging on this, but I found one possible answer from the website called Today I Found Out, which is actually very, very good. So white mice were often kept under the altars in Apollo's temple in ancient Greece. Apollo himself was often referred to as Apollo Smintheus, meaning Apollo the mouse. Now, to add on to this, one of Apollo's children, Aristius, in ancient Greek mythology is credited with teaching mankind to make cheese, which he learnt from myrtle nymphs. Honestly, I've just read Blind Boy Boat Club's book, and that could be a passage from it. <laughs> that is... Really? Yeah. Like, so, the son... The son of Apollo, who apparently was known as Apollo the Mouse, taught people how to make cheese because he learnt it from some myrtle nymphs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why aren't there, why aren't there churches dedicated to Aristius then. If he created cheese, he needs to be the one who's worshipped <laughs> instead of any other deity. <laughs> okay, anyway, so the connection between mice and cheese may have stemmed from some sub-legend in there or something because some artist's depiction of Apollo and Aristius may have included mice and cheese, mice from Apollo and cheese from Aristius in a, in a painting of something like that. Okay, so it could have been like a misconstrued Kind of a bit, just seeing, you know, a big block of cheese in a painting. You're like, oh, mice. That's it. Well, Apollo is the... He's the, he's the mouse dude. Apollo the and mouse. Aristius is, yeah. Aristius is mad for the mad for the chase. So that's a very, that's very okay. far-fetched... It's far-fetched, but it's plausible. Are there any other myths that could be linking, uh, linking the little squeakers with the cheesy beakers? <laughs> okay, so this one is back again to Dr. Holmes from... Manchester Metropolitan University. Woo! Dr. Holmes has written our episode for us today. <laughs> but Dr. Holmes conducted tons of research on the cheese-mouse phenomenon. Imagine that being your life's work. Well, what's our life's work? Solving the mysteries of the world. Yeah, so you don't have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so Dr. Holmes said, Cartoonists like to draw little segments of cheese with holes in them and little mice's faces poking out of the holes. They will admit this, and they say quite simply... It's a really good image, and it's the kind of image that they will continue to use, even though we know mice don't in fact like cheese at all. So it's possible when early artists included this imagery in paintings, it was simply because it made a really, really good image. Really? Simple mm-hmm. as that? Simple as that. Like, you, you study the relationship between mice and cheese forever, and then you... you it all boils down to people like drawing mice with cheese. Yeah, literally. That's exactly it. Okay. But whatever the origin, given that mice aren't overly fond of cheese, it doesn't exactly make the most effective bait in a mouse trap. So if you are trying to trap a mouse, they love peanut butter and chocolate. This is only supporting my theory 
that I'm going to air for the first time right here on In the Shower, that Taz is actually a mouse. <laughs> okay, Marcus, I will agree that I'm obsessed with peanut butter and chocolate, but I also love cheese. You don't like stinky cheese, though. And you? Okay, fine. <laughs> but, even better, city mice have finer tuned taste buds. So Stephen Turner, who is the managing director of the largest mousetrap distributor in Europe, Pest Control Shop, also noted that inner city mice who become very accustomed to surviving on fast food scraps love McDonald's hamburgers. A little fillet of fish. <laughs> little hamburger in your mouse trap. Oh, the luxury. <laughs> okay, so are you ready for some mousy cheesy facts to Ooh, end the episode? Please, 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 please. Mousy cheesy. Yeah. Mousy cheesy. So uh, researchers in Israel have successfully trained mice to be used as bomb and drug detectors. The mice are kept in containers, and if the mice detect any explosives or drugs, they will trigger an alarm by pressing a button. Each mouse can work in four-hour shifts and have proven to be more accurate than x-ray machines and dogs at finding explosives and drugs. What? That's amazing. You got another? Yep, absolutely. So, guess what? What? Mouse urine glows under fluorescent light. Really? Yeah. So if you shine a UV light all over your cheese and you see splashy bits, that's because mice have been peeing on food they don't like. How has that not been a test, actually? I don't know. Because well, because mice don't like cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Any more? Yes. Okay, so although you'll generally hear that eating considerable amounts of cheese will lead to heart disease long term due to the high amount of saturated fat in the cheese... The two countries that lead the world in cheese consumption, France and Greece, consuming about seven times the Centre for Science and Public Interest recommended amount of cheese per week. Seven times and about 36% more cheese than Americans on average also have some of the lowest rates of heart disease of any countries in the world. Really? Yeah. Honestly, like... I suppose like they eat the most cheese and they they have the, the lowest rate of heart disease eat more cheese but it, it should also be noted that according to a Curtin University of Technology study done in about 2009 people who consumed five servings per day of cheese rather than three had a significant reduction in abdominal fat lower blood pressure and lower blood sugar hang on I'm just going to call my trainer right now and tell him that I've found the solution and then I'm going to go see my cheesemonger and get skinny for summer Cheese for all! Cheese for everybody! (laughs) So mice don't like cheese? I like cheese, and to be honest, if it's more cheese for us and less cheese for mice, then I am down with that arrangement. (laughs) Honestly, I really want cheese now. I really want you to take on the challenge of eating a type of cheese every day for four years. Okay. And look, scientifically speaking, you will probably have lower abdominal fat, lower blood sugar, and lower blood pressure. This is... Uh, this is an arrangement that I can definitely definitely work to guys thank you so much for listening to this episode of In The Shower with Taz and Marcus we're very very sorry that it's a day late and we hope we didn't disrupt your your Monday we've gotten a few messages from people saying that it, you know it helps them get up on a Monday morning so we're sorry that it wasn't there for your for your listening ears but next week we'll be back Monday morning in time for your shower back on track back on schedule Living the dream, keeping you keeping you clean on a Monday morning. Living the dream, keeping you clean. The support we get for this podcast from you guys is absolutely unbelievable. We cannot thank you enough. Um, the main way that podcasts spread is through word of mouth. So if you enjoy what we do, if you like the way we debunk the mysteries of the world, just tell one or two people to check us out, and hopefully they'll do the same. 
It really, really helps. If every person listening to this recommended the podcast to one other person, we would double our listenership and then maybe we could do two episodes a week. Ooh. No, I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> <laughs> if you are like our lovely, lovely headstuff man, Paddy, and you have a question that you would like to bunk in a bite-sized, informative chunk, then you can you can send us your questions. You can send them to us on social media. All you need to do is look up In The Share with Taz and Marcus on Facebook or tweet us at In The Share Pod. If you want to send your question in via email, send it to intheshowerpodcast at gmail.com. And on that note, if you've no questions and you just want to message us, say hello, tell us you're listening. We would love that. All you listeners are invisible to us. We'd love, love, love to hear that you're listening and enjoying what we're doing. Absolutely. Send cheese. (laughs) (laughs) A few thank yous to close off the episode. Thank you to cheese. (laughs) Uh, No, on a serious note, thank you very much to Paddy and Alan and all the crew in the Headstuff Podcast Studio. Um, You let us do what we do and share our information with the masses. So a big shout out to you. Next shout out goes to Flo Robinson for our lovely cover art. We love you, Flo. A final thank you to Dave Gertzman. Dave came up with our theme song that goes a little something like this. One, two, three, four. Yeah, Dave is a legend. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at Dave's Recordorama. He's very, very cool. And lastly, thank you to you for listening to this episode. We are so, so happy and honoured that you are dedicating your ears to us for 15 or so minutes and you look sexy today next week's question marcus next week's question is a big one and it comes all the way from i was gonna say like the windy city but i don't know what toronto is the six it's the six yes i remembered thank you drake oh i feel like i'm part of the ovo crew now our next question comes all the way from toronto from lauren jamie who has messaged us saying my hay fever is going crazy why do we have allergies this is a good one this is a big one and it's going to be out next Monday morning in time for your shower but in the meantime achoo keep (laughs) scrubbing this has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network